Notes from America is supported by Future Hindsight, an award-winning podcast that shares big ideas about participating in American democracy beyond voting but short of running for office. Join host Mila Atmos for stimulating and incisive conversations with citizen changemakers on topics ranging from gerrymandering, policing equity, and voting rights. In this election year, Future Hindsight offers an unaffiliated perspective into what's at stake and how citizens can make an impact at the local, state, and national level. You'll always come away with something hopeful. Tune in every Thursday to get engaged and stay engaged. WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com slash WNYC and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com slash WNYC and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. How has the way you have lived or related with other people changed since the pandemic started? I actually got laid off, so then that was a huge hit to just how I was feeling about my career and everything like that. I actually moved from Portland to Washington, D.C. in the middle of the pandemic. The pandemic made me reflect on how society is in terms of social inequality. For me, I definitely feel like my empathy has increased in people. I got a pandemic kitten. She is a little bit needy because I was home all the time during the pandemic. I've had to be more deliberate with interactions with people. Everyone has all this free time, but unless you reach out to someone, you're not going to hear from them. And even now, that is kind of rolled over. It's Notes from America with Kai Wright, and that is me. Welcome to the show. And this is our first show as a national radio broadcast, so special welcome to all of you who are joining from public radio stations around the country. Shouts to listeners in Cleveland and Northeast Ohio, in Springfield and around Southern Illinois. Shouts up to New Hampshire and the Catskills in upstate New York, and just to everybody from everywhere who's with us for the first time. And of course, to those of you in the New York area who have been with us for a while now. And a special shout to our listeners in Minnesota, because my first guest is one of your very own. Angela Davis hosts a call-in show on Minnesota Public Radio every weekday, and she joins me to take your calls this week. Angela, thanks for helping us kick off this new era of our show. Oh, thank you for the invitation. And hello from Minnesota. <laughs> Hi, right. Kai. All right. So we're going to talk tonight about the ways in which we have changed as individuals mm. over the past few years, and particularly the ways in which we relate to each other differently, the ways in which those changes also probably show up in our politics and our views about how we order society. And Angela, you're an ideal person to think all of this through because your show is a lot about this kind of thing, how, how we order our lives and how we live together. 
And it's striking mm-hmm. to me that you began it right after the uh, the epic year that created so much change, right? 2020. So, or right before 2020, I guess. So, so what have you, like, what's, what's your kind of unique vantage point on this era as a consequence of that? Well, the the show that I host here at uh, Minnesota Public Radio, Kai, uh, is a live call-in show. So we bring in uh, guests, and then we open the phone lines, and so our listeners can call in and talk with us and share their stories and ask their own questions. And I think what we've really seen is that, you know, people are very aware that there's been an overall uh, mental health decline, and that none of us, uh, none of us really is the the best version of ourselves, right? We're all kind of walking around on eggshells and very aware that the way the, the world used to be is different now and that we have to kind of relate to one another differently, move a little bit m- more slowly, uh, have more grace, more compassion, more understanding. Right. And I think the last uh, two and a half years has really triggered a lot of curiosity. People are, are questioning, like, why do I think the way that I do? Or why are things the way they are? So we've had a lot of conversations about the history and the culture and how did we get to this moment? Yeah. Well, we're going to unpack all of that uh, over the next, over the first part of this show. And listeners, we're going to talk about a lot of these things, but really, we want to hear from you as well. We want you to help convene, help us launch this national conversation that we're going to convene here every week. And here's what I want to know. What's one thing that's changed in the way you relate to other people since 2020? How you deal with or live with or work with other people, for instance. What has changed for you? And has that in turn changed your perspective on any political issue. Call us up at 844-745-TALK. That's 844-745-8255. You can also tweet at us. Our handle is Notes with Kai. That's Notes with K-A-I. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just drop it in the chat. So lots of ways to talk to us. And the question again is, what's one thing that's changed in the way you relate to other people since 2020? That's how you live with people, how you talk with people, maybe how you work with people, whatever it is, what has changed for you? And has that in turn changed your perspective about any political issue? 844-745-TALK. That's 844-745-8255. And Angela, given that you're there in the Twin Cities, you have been living at the origin of one of the biggest shifts in the national conversation since 2020. Uh, George Floyd was, of course, killed in Minneapolis, setting off a global conversation, not only about police violence, but about the value of Black life and racial justice generally. What have you seen and heard in the way people there relate to each other around the question of racial justice overall over the last couple of years? Well, I think there is much uh, a much more heightened awareness that many Black Minnesotans are living a life that is uh, very different than than most White Minnesotans. You know, we're known for having some of the most glaring inequalities, the the, the biggest racial disparities uh, in the nation here in Minnesota, and it shows up in many ways in home ownership and household income and health issues and health care uh, to, to every aspect of life. It seems, um, and so again, a lot of people. People are asking questions about, you know, why is that? So we've been doing a lot of t- uh, talking about uh, what happened, you know, generations ago. 
uh, to get us to this point where, you know, the conversations that that black families are having uh, are so different than many of the white families in Minnesota, uh, particularly when it comes to race. You know, so there's been a lot of debate and open discussion uh, about things that just previously had not been openly talked about before because people are aware that like, oh, there are a lot of differences here. Uh, What comes to mind really, you know, I did a talk show about the talk, uh, which is, you know, in the black community, uh, a conversation that many black parents will have with their children about your interactions with police officers, that if you are ever stopped by the police, how you should behave and what you should do uh, to be protected so that you're not, so that no harm comes your way. Mm -hmm. And I was really, you know, it startled me that many white uh, people say that they'd never knew that, that such a talk existed. Right? right, that like, why would that be necessary, right? Um, so I think we're finding out how much we don't really know about each other and each other's cultures, right. and um, starting conversations that are uncomfortable and leaning into them with an openness to learn more about each other. How do you think that's manifesting itself in the political culture there? I mean, either I mean, so Minnesota, I should say, along with uh, South Dakota and Virginia, are the uh, the first states to start voting uh, properly in the general mm-hmm. election that's coming up in November. Um, but, uh, and so that happened this weekend. But just in general, either in that election or just generally in the political culture, how do you think this shift is manifesting itself in the in the politics in Minnesota? Yeah, I think, you know, for folks who are voting, they're really thinking about like what matters most to them. So, and, and leaning into that and which candidates seem to be educated not i'm just you know not talking about degrees and how many you know how much experience they have in being uh, in politics but how are they living their lives and how have they demonstrated an openness to learn about all cultures and representing everyone and everyone's interest um and i think that you know a lot of people are you know in some ways you know apathetic right because they feel like well we've had all these conversations and we're not seeing change mm-hmm. and so a lot of folks are really you know questioning you know does my vote really matter because nothing seem to be changing or the the progress seems really, really slow. Yeah. I'm also wondering about you doing this work uh, as, you know, as a black woman. Oh, I'm a mess, right? <laughs> <laughs> I told you, you know, I have a broken arm. I, mean, know. I, was, off the, I was off the air for uh, three weeks because I realized I can't even walk and talk anymore, Kai. Mm. I, I fell down and uh, broke two bones in my elbow <laughs> and twisted a bone in my forearm. And as I've been reflecting and healing from that injury and the surgery, um, I've really been analyzing, like, what am I doing? Well, I'm doing too much. And so, you know, you hear a lot of conversations about self-care and, um, and if, you, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't fully help other people. Um, so I think I've been uh, processing and thinking about what is most important to me and what is, is my role in, in all of this. Um, so um, my first priority needs to be my own mental health and my own physical health before I could begin to help anybody else. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing, you know, in the workplace while you're seeing like this workplace revolution of people are redefining like, how am I spending my time and what really matters most and having time to reflect and then take action. Before break, let's quickly hear from Lucy in Cleveland, Ohio. Lucy, welcome to the show. Hi there. How you doing? Thank you. Thanks for calling. What's what's changed for you? Uh, you know, I've noticed what's really changed for me since the pandemic, and it was actually happening before the pandemic, but I've noticed it more keenly since then, is sort of just people are not communicating with each other anymore. Um, you know, I'm a very outgoing person. I like to talk about things, and I like to find common ground. Um, I'm noticing that people don't want to do that anymore. There's no critical thinking, no common sense. The rhetoric has become very polarized. And I blame a lot of that on the past administration. But 
Um, I also blame it on partly on the pandemic. And there's something else inexplicable going on. I can't put my finger on, but it's just this weird being ghosted by people so frequently, you know, whether you're a, I'm a consumer or a patient or whatever it might be. And I see it happening to other people as well, where there's just this lack of communication, lack of presence on the part of other people. Where the being ghosted part, you mean where people just sort of disappear on you uh, mid mid engagement? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and so, and you, it's and, happening at every level. And to clarify, you th- you're saying the way you think this is showing up in the political culture, at least there uh, in your world, is that uh, that that's part of what's feeding the polarization. Yes, and even in my own family, I can't talk about it. I'm not allowed to. I have a niece who lives in Sherman Oaks near L.A., and she said she can't stand coming here because nobody will talk about the truth. Mm. In, I live in Northeast Ohio, and nobody will talk about the ugly truth of, of politics. They're mm. just, you know, you know. so yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's not that I'm being ghosted personally. It's more that people are just, if you try to talk about something, um, you get ghosted, or if you if you try to come up with um, critical thinking skills to offer, and I'm a writer, so I use a lot of that in my, my that judgment in my writing, um, and it just seems to be that nobody's thinking critically anymore. There's just this kind of zombie-like, blind following of a certain mentality in our culture, and I I feel like that's really been very divisive in our culture, the politics of it, but it's really come down to every level of society, including the family. Thank you for that, Lucy. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm talking with Angela Davis, host of Minnesota Public Radio's Daily Call-In Show. And we're asking you, what's one thing that's changed in the way you relate to other people since 2020? How you live with people, how you talk with people, and how has that change shown up in your political perspective about any given issue? When we come back, we will talk about our collective mental health and how that's changed the way we relate to each other and to ourselves. This is Notes from America. I'm Kai Wright. Stay with us. Hey everyone, this is Kusha. I'm a producer. Welcome to Notes from America with Kai Wright. We used to be called the United States of Anxiety, but starting this week, we've relaunched. And not just with a new name, we've also started to broadcast the live show nationally every week. Don't worry, it's the same show with the same thought-provoking discussions. Now it just has a wider audience and hopefully more voices joining the conversation. And that's where you come in. We have some new ways you can talk to us. First, we have new social handles on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Notes with Kai. Again, that's at Notes with Kai. Those handles are where we'll be able to talk to you and you to us throughout the week and even during an episode. We've also got a new email address. It's notes at WNYC.org. Again, that's notes at WNYC.org. Whichever way you like to connect, we want to hear from you. For this week, tell us, have your relationships changed or has the way you relate to people changed in the ways that Kai and Angela are talking about? Or has their conversation brought something different up for you? Leave us a message, email us, tag us, send us a voicemail. We'll be listening. All right. Thanks so much for being with us and talking with us. Hope to hear from you soon. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. 
In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. How is your mental health? Well, it's probably a great question for my husband since he has to live with me. <laughs> no, no. I think my mental health is good. I spend a lot of time outdoors. We're farmers. We try to be outdoors. We're blessed to have lots of open air and space and animals around us. And I think that's really good for one's soul and one's connection to the earth. I am learning to recognize my own emotions more. I definitely have some pretty bad mental health issues. I know the only way I'm going to get through is if I learn how to recognize my feelings. And there's always consistent work to be done. I mean, the pandemic was still an absolute nightmare, but now I'm like doing stuff that I enjoy and getting out and being able to be in the world around people. And I'm really enjoying that. My mental health is positive right now. I think generally I do have anxiety, like I have generalized anxiety disorder, but find like coping mechanisms um, through like therapy and also being tied to, I think community and being tied to activism is really what helps give me hope because it's where you find like a greater meaning than yourself to be able to work through the daily struggles. I think I might be in a better mental health state because I think it's a spiritual, mental, and a physical health. And when we try to just say it's a mental health issue, it's not just a mental health issue. It's how healthy are people physically and how healthy are they spiritually. Welcome back to Notes from America with Kai Wright. That's me. It's our first national show, so welcome to all of you joining from around the country for the first time. I'm joined by Angela Davis, host of Minnesota Public Radio's Daily Call-In Show. We are talking about the ways in which we have all changed as individuals over the past few years, the ways in which we relate to each other differently in particular, and the ways in which those changes probably show up in our politics and our view about how the society ought to be ordered. Uh on YouTube, Born to Teach says that since the pandemic started, uh, I wanted to know if someone was vaccinated, particularly because I live with a person with vulnerabilities. Uh, and it's definitely made me more hesitant to interact with neighbors that I think are not vaccinated. So that's another note about uh, more distance from community. Um, and, you know, Angela, you heard those those voices we just played at the coming out of the break uh, that our producer gathered in the streets this past week. And, you know, it, you talk about mental health every single week on your show, every every Wednesday. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and so has this community, this lack of community thing, has that been coming up a lot? Yeah, I mean, I think where we've seen it the most um, has been with our young people, um, the children, the teenagers, the young adults. Um, I did have done a couple of shows about the youth mental health crisis, and uh, we look at some of the data that the CDC has put out there. Uh, the CDC did a survey in 2021 um, where they talked to, I think, almost 8,000 uh, young people, kids, and four out of 10 of them, um, Kai, reported uh, feeling persistently sad, mm. feeling hopeless, and uh, one out of five, um, you know, young 
people, teenagers, said that they had considered suicide. And if you mm. think about what these young people have witnessed uh, in their homes during the pandemic, um, the 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 job loss, maybe the depression, the uh, addiction, uh, the just the upheaval that they've witnessed in their homes and um, the, the their caregivers being stressed and depressed and the how that has done to anxiety. Mm. Uh, it's it's very uh, disturbing. And um, I but I'm encouraged by the fact now that people are t- talking openly about their mental health and will, won't hesitate to tell you if they're not okay, but also that, that people have learned that we have to be protective of our joy. You have to protect your joy. Um, it's showing up in the workplace, you know, and people saying, I'm not going to give, you know, the best parts of myself to a job and then come home and have nothing left for the people I love. And so some some good things have come out of this as well. You, you mentioned the, that youth study, which is just really striking. And, you know, it makes me think about the way in which um, some youth have had their lives politicized over the last year. I'm thinking about transgender and non-binary youth in particular. Um, their lives have become so politicized uh, in terms of the fights over school mm-hmm. curriculum and stuff like that. I just wonder, did you hear anything about that itself being a mental health stressor for young people? Yeah, well, we know that, um, you know, uh, children and teenagers in the LGBTQ uh, community, they are targets of bullying, right? They, they deal with bullying at higher rates than other kids. And, and so they are finding their voice and being very open about who they are and who they how they want to be treated and, and holding people accountable when they're not supporting them and, um, you know, doing what they can to make sure that they have an opportunity to live their lives like everybody else. And so, you know, I, I again, this this like green light that has has come on for folks to say like, you can express yourself and let folks know when they are hurting you uh, mentally as well as hurting you physically. I think that is encouraging that the conversations are happening and it's it's moving people to action. And it is also affecting how people are voting as well, how mm-hmm. they're choosing candidates that they're willing to support. Based on whether or not, well, say more about that. What do you mean? That, you know, are candidates willing to take a side and be vocal about like what they believe in and who they support yeah. and not trying to, you know, stay in this middle lane and not really, you know, take a side on it. Like, right. that's not OK anymore. You got to state who, what you stand for. Right. Let's go to Joel in St. Paul, Minnesota. Joel, welcome to the show. Uh, hello. Yeah, my name is Joel. I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. Thank you. And and what has changed in the last couple of years in terms well, of how you relate to people? I happen to be a family physician in St. Paul, and um, I have noticed a great deal of change in the way we communicate, both just in everyday life, but also in our professional lives. And I think, like the last caller, I agree that this started even before the pandemic, mm-hmm. in that we've become a much more isolated sort of culture, and a very digital culture. We're very much more reliant on technology to communicate rather than being engaged with each other in different different sorts of ways. And it, it, it does concern me. I think that we've become extremely linear and reactive. Politics is just an example of that. What, what about I think for yourself and in, in, in the way you think, Joel? Has, has, th- has this experience you're describing shifted Anything for you in terms of like how you think about how society should be ordered or how you think about po- any given political issue? Well, it, it, yeah, it seems that politics has taken a lot of uh, precedent over a lot of things. But I think it concerns me because I've really been slanting more towards believing that, that there's a lot more corruption than I realized before, mm-hmm. that there's a lot, lot of things I'm concerned about with politics that 
makes me feel less represented than I once did. Yeah. And and I'm not I don't really identify with being Republican or Democrat. I I think a lot of people are in the middle of a lot of different issues. And one example is abortion. I I personally don't believe that we should be telling women what to do with their bodies. But at the same time, I also have concerns about late third trimester abortions and things like that. So I, I think we have to have a much more complicated and abstract conversation rather than just a computer-mediated linear conversation about it. It's complicated, and we're not yet at a point in society where we can say that we're truly advancing ourselves as a, being able to communicate with each other better. And I'm, I'm fearing that technology is making that harder. Th- thank you, Joel. Thanks for that call. Uh, let's go to John in, I hope I pronounced this correctly, Onanta, New York. I'm not pronouncing correctly. I know, John, you're going to have to correct me. Uh, but welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It's pronounced Oneonta. Oneonta. Uh, Where is Oneonta? It's near Cooperstown, if you like baseball. Baseball okay. Hall of Fame. Okay. It's in the cast. Gotcha. Um, I'm 75, and I'm a retired elementary principal. So I have two elements that I'd like to share with you. One that changes is that with my own grandchildren and my daughter just happened to talk to her an hour ago is technology has taken on a whole new, uh, face in our society. And for me, uh, my daughter texts me to call instead of calling me to talk to me mm. and my grandchildren do it too. And that drives me crazy. Uh, and I like to say that texting is, has its, its place, but if you want to have interpersonal relationships, you know, you need to talk to people. And, and that's one. As an elementary principal, I can tell you in 2010 when I retired, um, technology was just coming in. You know, the computers were just coming in. And uh, a comment was made about bullying. Well, that took on a whole new life because things were put out there in the computer world, and the kids would say things. And it was a little easier to identify who they were because it hadn't become as sophisticated as now. All these social platforms and, and people, you don't know how to defend yourself. So I would say what's really uh, taken on a whole life of itself is how do we manage and how do my children manage my grandchildren and, and then educating them on how much do you put out there? How yeah. much information you put out there? And everything's I'm, instant. And how John, do you know if it's correct or not? John, I'm going to stop you there just for time, but thank you for that. So these are two more calls, Angela, about some form of disconnection um, and uh, and distance, one because of technology and other because of politics. Kai, I did a show about how social media has changed us. And something that I found really interesting and surprised me is that one of the guests was telling me that uh, with um, middle school and high school kids, that there is an expectation now on social media for them that you take a a, a side, that you have a, a, a political stand, and that it's no longer an option to, you know, to say like, oh, I don't follow political issues. I don't, you know, I don't really have an opinion about things that that's seen as a negative. And it really surprised me that that so early that these conversations are happening uh, with kids and teenagers, like, you know, you're, you have to be pro this or against that, and you have to be willing to state it publicly. And so where are they getting that message from? Um, you know, why is, it, is that so, so, so loud in their worlds that they feel like they have to take positions on things? Because I feel like when I was much younger, I was still kind of coming into being and just trying to understand how things work. Yeah. So um, it's just another sign that, you know, you, you kind of have to, to, to meet uh, people where they are. Um, and so on 
social media, a lot of these conversations that kids are having are actually about social issues. Yeah. One uh, person on Twitter, Lisa Von Dresick, I think her name is pronounced, says, I consciously give grace an unearned gift in missed interactions with people I know and people I don't. I refrain from political opinions on social media. I'm not going to change anyone's mind. So this is on Mm -hmm. a lot of people's minds is how we how how social media has changed us over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, Angela, I want to move to another topic I know that you have talked about a lot on your show. You talk once a week about money um, and how how we deal. They have messed up our money out here. (laughs) And but you know, and and this has been uh, another thing that I think has changed for a lot of people about the way they think about life lately, um, or in the last couple of years. Um, and one thing you talked about recently that I I think quietly might be a a source of real radical change in the way people think about politics too in the coming future is multi-generational housing. Um, Tell me about, tell me what that show was about. Well, in the black community, we would call it uh, moving back in with Mama Nam. (laughs) So what's happening is is, uh, people are moving in with relatives. So you might have grandparents, parents, uh, aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews, children, all under the same roof. roof. Why? Because of the... uh, exorbitant cost of child care and elder care, uh, it makes good economic sense, right? Uh, People during the pandemic lost their jobs, quit their jobs, changed jobs, rent got out of control. Uh, People were paying or trying to pay their college loans back. So it made good economic sense to like, let's, you know, what do we control? And trying to remove some of the stigma of of being an adult and living back with your parents again. That's happening. Uh, Young adults graduating from college and or maybe leaving college and choosing to live with their parents or older folks, you know, selling their homes and moving in and and combining their, um, you know, monthly household expenses with their adult kids. So like the the number of families, the number of multigenerational households has increased quite a bit over the last couple of decades. Now, in some communities, like particularly in immigrant communities and the black communities, culturally, it's always been a thing, right? right? Not a big thing. You grew up in your grandmother's house, right? I did. My grandparents raised me. And in my own um, situation now with my husband and my college-age kids, uh, my mother-in-law moved in with us when our kids were infants to help us with childcare. And so that's kind of just kind of always the way that it's been. But people are now understanding that it can make a lot of sense and be good uh, also in terms of relationships and, and companionship and you know addressing loneliness. So you have the older folks helping out with childcare and um, the the younger kids having the opportunity to build these relationships with adults uh, in their lives. And so we've just seen you know some of the you know shade we used to throw at that uh, kind of going away. I the think stigma, one of the guests said, yeah. you know, what do you call a thirty year old man who lives with his mom? Smart. Maybe. (laughs) Well, I also wonder about how it will chip away, like what it does for our sense of connection, as we've been talking about here all night, it seems, our sense of uh, sacrifice for others, our ability to compromise with people, our ability to sort of face that we're not just individuals living out here trying to get as much money as we can out of capitalism, that we're interdependent in some ways. I do wonder, maybe I'm being naive, but I wonder if, 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 if it shifts that. Yeah, I think we're all reevaluating like what matters, what brings us peace, what gives us hope, what makes us feel safe and it's community and understanding each other and and feeling as though we're, you know, living lives, I guess, with greater purpose. Um, And so I think, you know, a lot of us are moving throughout the world a little bit differently than, you know, we did two and a half years ago. And I think for me, I've really lowered my expectations 
I think, mm. of folks and, and not kind of putting my own way of viewing the world on other people and Say recognizing. Well, I, I think, you know, I think I have lived much of my life with like very high standards for myself, um, maybe even, you know, leaning into doing too much, <laughs> mm. but recognizing, well, not everybody thinks that way. And is, is that necessarily something to be applauded that you, you're extra, right? Isn't it okay to be enough? Mm. Mm. That's a word. Uh, let's sneak in one more call from Van in Midwood, Brooklyn, here in New York. Hey, Van, welcome to the show. Hey, hey yeah, I live in Brooklyn, but I actually um, lived in Minnesota for five years and met my wife there. So my son. Yeah, good women <laughs> here in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go we go there a lot because uh, lots of uh, family there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what I um, called in with uh, kind of related to some of the things that were said. Uh, one of them actually has to do with education and remote uh, education. So my son actually is doing full-time remote school now. He He's doing an online school run by George Washington University. And that's something, you know, we never would have considered if it weren't for the fact that, you know, he was part, he had to be remote when um, he was in public school during COVID. And then we switched him over because he actually has done a lot better remote. He has ADHD and it was really overwhelming for him and you get in trouble a lot. Um, in school when it was in person. So uh, that's one thing that you know, I never would have thought of and something I'm paying attention to. I've heard other, that. A lot of kids did better. And I will have to leave it there, Van. I'm sorry. Uh, and the kids do better when they're at home and we'll have to leave this whole conversation here. Angela Davis is host of NPR News with Angela Davis, a daily call-in show on Minnesota Public Radio. You can also find it wherever you get your podcast. Angela, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Kai. Thank you for the time. And this is Notes from America. We're a new national show inviting you into a conversation about the kind of society we've built together and imagining what we might create together in the future. We are all about active listening, so if you heard anything you want to chime in about, or a question you want us to follow up on, send us a note, notes at WNYC.org, or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Notes with Kai. Notes from America is a production of WNYC Studios. You can follow us wherever you get your podcast, or check us out on WNYC's YouTube channel. Our live engineers tonight are Matthew Morando and Milton Ruiz. Our team also includes Karen Frillman, Vanessa Handy, Regina Dehir, Rahima Nasa, Kusha Navadar, and Jared Paul. And I am Kai Wright, and I want to thank you for spending this time with us. I'll talk to you next week. Notes from America is supported by Future Hindsight, an award-winning podcast that shares big ideas about participating in American democracy beyond voting but short of running for office. Join host Mila Atmos for stimulating and incisive conversations with citizen changemakers on topics ranging from gerrymandering, policing equity, and voting rights. In this election year, Future Hindsight offers an unaffiliated perspective into what's at stake and how citizens can make an impact at the local, state, and national level. You'll always come away with something hopeful. Tune in every Thursday to get engaged and stay engaged.